Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. As we continue our worship this morning, I think it's important that we've been very blessed over the last couple of weeks to to have some great services with Easter and and the presentation, and to hear our brother Philip McAllister last week to talk about what the Lord had done, has done and is doing in his life. And just, it, God continues to surprise me. I had a privilege of, of helping to lead uh, somebody to the Lord this weekend and praying for that young man. And it's just, it's one of those things where you, you never know what's happening. And, and I learn more and more every day that it's not about what we do in life, but it's how available we are. I was talking to a guy the other day and I said, it's important for us to be fat. Well, I got that covered, right? Fat means that we need to be faithful, available, and teachable. If you are faithful, you are putting yourself in a position to be used by God, to be used by your employer, to be used by your organization, to be used by your family. If you are faithful, folks, every one of you knows that person that says, if you need anything, I'll be here for you, and then you can't find them. And then there are some people that just go ahead and whatever you need, they're, they're there for you. You gotta be faithful. You gotta be available. God can only use a vessel that, that's willing to be used and teachable. If you know, if you think you know everything, then there's no room for God to work. So that's the side, side sermon. You didn't pay for that, so that was a freebie. But I think it's important that we know that as we approach God's Word today, If anybody hasn't told you this in a while, whether you've been with God for a long time or you're just starting out or maybe you're still having questions, I want to give you three simple words. God loves you. Whether you be a senior adult or you're a teenager or whoever you may be, God loves you. We hear that so much in church. We sing songs about it. The preacher talks about it. But I'm sure that when somebody that you love tells you, look, I want to tell you something really important. And they're like, oh, no, what is it? I just want to tell you I love you. It means a lot, doesn't it? God loves you. And he created you and I to have a relationship with him. And he also wants you to bear his image. So we're going to be talking about being image bearers today in our worship service. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 1, looking at verses 25 through 31. If you have a copy of God's Word, you can go ahead and open it, or you can uh, look at the pew in front of you, or if you've got the Bible app, you can find the events, and we have the outline there as well. But I can say with great confidence this morning that most everyone here today has spent at least a moment in front of the mirror. And honestly, some of you could have used another minute, but we're going to keep going on anyway. But seriously, we look at ourselves in the mirror to make sure we look the way that we want to present ourselves to others. Hopefully putting our best face and foot forward. But some will spend most of their time checking their hair, their makeup, their clothes, And all these other things that you look for in the mirror and never once putting a mirror before their heart and examining their heart. For some to look in the mirror, quite honestly, it's hard. You see, 
the temptation is, instead of to look at the beauty that God has created within you, <clears throat> whether you are young and have wonderful complexions, or whether uh, you need ironing, whatever it may be, big, round, small, fat, skinny, red, yellow, black, or white, whatever it may be. You see, looking in the mirror is hard because your temptation and my temptation is to look at all the new wrinkles, the extra pounds, the new gray hairs, or maybe the less hair you have. Mirrors are not made to reinforce what you hate about yourselves, yet they do that very often. Over the years, I've dealt with plenty of teenagers, mostly girls, but some boys as well, that are consumed with their image. They're trying to keep up with what's on the screens that they watch, the celebrities, the ads, the YouTubers, and all these other things. So many people tell them they need to look a certain way. So instead of looking in the mirror and seeing God's creation, they see something that they don't like. And this is not just for the young kids, folks. Still, as we grow older... You know, when you, when you get married and you find, or when you go to college and you find what they call the freshman 15. You know what that is, right? When you become a freshman in college, you're studying, you eat all your meal plan meals, but then you go out to Waffle House at 2 or 3 in the morning because you gotta study, right? And all you're doing is studying and eating and studying and eating, and before you know it, you got those 15 pounds. And then after you get those 15 pounds, then you get the other 30 after you're married. And if you get divorced, they don't go away. <laughs> You're stuck with them. And so pretty soon, that's like, <clears throat> I, I, I never thought it'd be like this, but I find myself sometimes if I get a friend request from somebody I went to school with or, uh, you know, just didn't quite remember them, i got to go back to the yearbook and find out who that person is. And then when I see who it is, I'm like, oh, my goodness. They've changed so much. But the truth is, we all change, don't we? So whether you be the young teenager that is looking in the mirror and they can't stand the sight of themselves, or you're that senior adult that says, I am not what I used to be and I'm a burden on everybody I know. That's what the lie of the mirror says. You're so quick to talk about what is wrong with you. And that is the devil. Maybe there's rooms to, there's room for improvement, but try to ignore whatever blemishes you see when you look in the mirror and look at yourself and say this out loud. I am God's image bear, bearer. I am God's image bearer. That is our message for the day. Being image bearers. You'll notice especially over in the, 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 the Far East, in other countries like that is a lot of the leaders, the political leaders, they will have statues. And those statues, those images are meant to evoke and remind people of the power that their leader has. That image evokes power. Folks, you are God's trophies. You are God's image bearers. And so when people look at you and look at me, they are seeing God. And my question is, what are they seeing? You see, you and I were made to look like God and bear His image to others. How do we know that? Every one of you in here have been given the ability to love someone. You've been given the ability to create. You've been given the freedom to choose. 
You've been given the blessing of communicating. You have been given an internal moral compass of right or wrong, whether you yield to that or not. But we are actually in our creation status. Do you know that we are just a little bit shy of having angel status? Except my wife, of course. She has angel status. Right. Did I get points for that, honey? Okay, good. Just checking. But no, seriously, God's Word says in Psalm 8, verse 5, it says, Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. We're not God. We're never going to be God. But we are woefully not plugging into the power that God has given us. Psalm 139, verse 14 says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex, your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. We were talking about a, a, a friend I got the other day who does a lot of woodwork, and we were talking about the, the fact that, uh, you know, how good his work is. I said, yeah, man, that guy, he uh, built a ramp for uh, a church member, and uh, I just kind of stayed out of the way because every time I would uh, touch a board or a nail or a ruler, I'd get that, mm, you know, don't. Thank you, you just bring me the wood and I'll cut it and I'll measure it and I'll do that stuff. Because they were a craftsman at it. And they knew exactly what they were doing. And so, the thing is, is that as God has made us wonderfully and complex, God made you. And there's no age restriction on that. Just as you were young and just as you are old, God has made you. And the fact is that humans are made in the image of God is one of the most important biblical revelations for Christians. And it is also one that has been viciously attacked by those from the outside. You are made in God's image. You don't need a company's product to make you have more value. You don't have to have a certain body type. You don't need Botox. You don't need... Whatever else. And look, if you want those things, knock yourself out. But when it comes to your true value of who God wants you to be, He has made you exactly like He wants you. And regardless of what some people say, God does not make mistakes. It's true. You probably heard people say and maybe even thought yourself that, well, you know what, there's endless murders, rapes, assaults, genocides and other forms of violence and cruelty in this world. How in the world are we made in God's image if that terrible stuff is going on? How could humans be created in the image of God when we commit such heinous acts? That's a fair question. How do we explain wars and abuse if we share the same characteristics as God himself? Some people even claim that while we may be more sophisticated, in the end, we have just pure, plain animal instincts. And nothing separates us from the animal kingdom. So, what makes the difference? The difference is, is that we are image bearers. And some choose to step into that, and others focus to step outside of that. And we're going to look at what that means. So what is the significance of being God's image bearer? The first thing that we're going to see is that we are made by God to hear or bear His image. 
We were made by God to bear His image. So if somebody asks you, why was I created? What is your purpose in life? Have you ever asked yourself, what is my purpose in life? Here is your answer. I am to be an image bearer for God. Verse 25 says, God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to produce offspring, offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then he said, let us, that's a key word we'll come back to in a minute, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over fish and in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock and wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. We see a few things in this passage. Number one, God is the creator and author of order and purpose. It's amazing if you, if you study, for example, the woodpecker, and you look at how that woodpecker is designed, and you see how it's got special cartilage in the front of its head, so when it knocks holes in woods, they don't get a concussion. It's amazing when you look at how different animals, some people would call it uh, evolution, but God has outfitted every animal and every person exactly for what they needed. And God is the creator and author of order and purpose. We all seek to have order and purpose in our life. Do we not? When our routines and our schedules get out of whack, we have a sense of panic and chaos that we try to fight back to get that routine going again. We seek order and purpose because we are created for that. That's why when things get out of your control, some of you are not control freaks. You think you're not, but you are. We all want to be in control. We want to know what's going to happen next. We want our headlights of our life to shine far enough to where we know that where we're going to need to turn in plenty of time. But some folks, sometimes folks, it just does not happen that way. You are not in control of your life. You may think you're in control of your life. And you may be making every decision perfectly right now. But I guarantee you at some point in your life, and some of our senior adults could tell you this, there are going to be times where you do not have control over your life. You only have control on how you respond to it. And so are we going to respond to it as image bearers? Or are we going to respond to it as someone who has no care? For that, You see, we seek order and purpose because we were created out of order and purpose. Each animal, each piece of vegetation, each process made to be sure that we can breathe, eat, and proclaim the glory of God. Those of you that are in the medical profession, all these things that you've learned... Yes, they're taught by doctors, they're written by people that know... The physiological changes and things that that are accompanied with our body. But is it not amazing to see how God has made us? God's creation of order and purpose reflect him. We are to be God's image bearers. But did you know that even just the world itself is an image bearer to him? Some people say, well, yeah, I know that that uh, we know about God, but what about that person in the far-off country that doesn't know God? Well, one, that's why we need missionaries that will take the message. But number two, they will already have a sense of God revealed to them through nature. And there's a big theological term that's called general revelation. 
general revelation refers to the general truths that can be known about God through nature. So, what does that mean? That means that everyone can benefit from God's general revelation. And everyone can receive God's general revelation. For example, one may ask, why do I need to believe in God? General revelation says, just look around you. How do I know that there's a real God? Just look around you. Look at the beautiful sunrise or the sunset. Stick your toes in the sand at the beach and look at the majestic waves coming to and fro. Look at the majestic mountains. Some of you folks love to go in the mountains. I hear you. Go see some black bears. Walk up and down the main street of Gatlinburg. Pay five times too much for something you get at Kmart and Walmart for $5. But hey, you got the mountains to look at, right? There's just something about when you get to the beach or you get to the mountains, or you get anywhere other than where you live, and you take a big, deep breath of that air. It just is exhilarating. Maybe you are peering into your loved one's eyes. Or maybe you think about the way that each animal is designed for a specific purpose. While this may not cause someone to believe in God, they must answer the fact that all this came from somewhere. And you cannot deny what is in front of you. Yes, there are different theories about where we came from. There is the Big Bang Theory. My question is, what caused the Big Bang? What did it come from? There are some theologies that say, there are some beliefs that we evolved from spoiled meat. Of course, there's the evolution where it's making a man out of monkey all the time. A monkey out of man. Yeah. Making a monkey out of a man is what that is doing. But God has created all of this so intricately. So, where am I headed with this? We bear the image of God. And with that, let's go back and look at that verse for a second. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Not to be us. We will never be God. But to be like us. Why would Moses put, Let us, when he wrote Genesis? Why would he say, Let us create them? Here we see in Scripture a glimpse of the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You see, while there is not a specific verse in the Bible that talks about all three of those at one point, you can take several Scriptures throughout the Bible and place them together and get a total picture of what that means. You've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I want you to understand, they are three separate individuals. They are three persons. They are not just one God split three ways. There is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And each one of them has different tasks. God the Father. He's our Father figure in the Old Testament. He guided His people throughout the wilderness and throughout to the Promised Land. We have God the Son, Jesus Christ, who had to come and die for us so that we could be saved. And now we have the Holy Spirit with us. That's why you understand what the Bible says. And that's why you want to read the Word. And that's why you are drawn to Him to make decisions. Each one of them are separate, but each one of them are the same. I try to explain it like this. 
And I don't know if this is a great illustration, but I think of water. Water is water, H2O. If you freeze it, what is it? If you heat it, what is it? All right? If you pour it, what is it? Liquid. All of them, H2O, just in different forms. That may work for you, and it may not. But I want you to understand this, is that this, if you look at it this way, here's the aha moment. The Jesus that died for you is the same one who was in on your creation. And the same Holy Spirit that deals with you today in this moment was there to create you. You are an image bearer. God loves you. God created you. It says in Job 33, 4, From the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. So we see even in Job a reference to the Holy Spirit. We see in Psalm 104, verse 30, that when you give him breath, or it says, send your spirit, life is created. You renew the face of the earth. We see in Colossians 1.16, Jesus' work in creation. It says, for him, meaning Jesus, God created everything through him in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the kings, or made the things we can see and the things we can see, such as the thrones, Kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him. So here's the thing. If we are created by God, if we are in God's image, I got news for you. But even in this room, we have people that have different body types. I've been working hard to get my body in shape, and I have. It's a nice circle. I'm hoping to get it to a pair. And maybe one day I'll have the turnip where it's big up top and small down the bottom. I don't know. But all seriousness aside, we have people that are different colors. We have people that speak different languages. We are from, we see people that are from different places. I think of those poor Sri Lankan Christians that were executed through that heinous attack. Targeted for one reason and one reason only. They were worshiping God. But you see, we're all image bearers. And so, if we are image bearers, or if we are bearing God's image, that means that we are created in God's image, right? Are you created in God's image? And God is neither male or female. He is just God. He created male and female. Regardless of your body type. Regardless of your color, regardless of whatever you want to separate yourself by, God created you. And the world wants to tell you that you are awkward. It wants to tell you that you are unloved, that God made a mistake, that you are not worthy of love. But yet, Scripture says the exact opposite. It says you are created and loved by God. The emotions that you feel and the strengths and weaknesses that you have, where do they come from? They come from God. The way you process things. If you are an emotional person, God has made you that way because somewhere along the way, He needs to use you to help someone who is not in touch with their emotions. 
If you're not an emotional person, he's using you to help somebody that can't function because of their emotions. You see what I'm saying? He has made all of us specifically for a purpose and a reason. And our, our life goal is to figure out what that is. Whether you be a father of a young child, or whether you be a father of an older child still living at home, or whether you be the father or mother of a child that's now taking care of you. We are created in God's image. That doesn't change as we get older. The emotions that you feel, the strengths and weaknesses. I look at it like this. I'm not a big puzzle person. Anybody in here a big puzzle person? Okay, good. We got some puzzle people. I know that. So now I know that if I get a puzzle, I know who to call. Thank you for raising your hand. But anybody ever put together like a thousand piece puzzle? How many of y'all got one you're working on? Okay. A thousand pieces? Are you crazy? <laughs> crazy about puzzles. My mama loved them. She, we actually got her for a gift one year. We got her a mat where she could, you could keep it together and roll it out and put it back and take it with you. You know, you get tired of it. You walk away. Then all of a sudden, oh, hey. Five years later, you got it together, right? <clears throat> but my friends... We are God's image bearers, and we are a billion-piece puzzle. We are all different shapes, we're all different sizes, and we're all different colors. But we are put together by God's hand to reflect the beautiful picture of who God is. Some of you think that when people are asking you to come to church that they're trying to bug you or guilt you into coming to church. Maybe they are. I hope not. But the simple fact is this. The reason I enjoy having people at church is because we see a more clearer picture of who God is. When God's people get together and bear His image. It says that you will be like God. We will never be equal or greater to God. However, the more we yield to Him, the more we will act like and begin to look like Him in the way that we treat others. Now, this is always interesting <clears throat> when uh, somebody has a child and you get all the family together and then they start this, con- this train of conversation. Well, you know he looks just like the mother. And then the other family side will say, no, I think he looks a lot like his, like his father. And then all of a sudden everybody's discussing well, whose cheeks he's got or she's got or whose nose or whose temperament. And then it just goes from there. It just goes on and on and on and on. The truth of the matter is, is that that child will reflect both images. And the truth of the matter is, is that we, no matter who that child is or no matter who we are, we all reflect God's image. You can't tell me you can't look at the innocence of a little baby and not see the face of God. Or you see a senior adult that is doing the best they can to make it through the next day to get out of their recliner and to go to their doctor's appointment or to go to their rehab appointment or to do whatever they do. Or you see someone who has been struggling either with crime or drugs doing their best to get clean. You see God at work in them. They bear the image of God. 
We are to reflect God. Being critical of others is nowhere in the Bible. That is not a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift of criticism is not a biblical gift. You can't call, oh, it's not criticism, preacher, it's discernment. No. If you've got a critical spirit and you criticize somebody else, you are criticizing a brother or sister in Christ. You are criticizing an image bearer. So there's three applications that we have for being image bearers, and there's this. Number one, we got to be smart. If we are image bearers of God, we got to be smart. Being made in God's image means us knowing the difference between right and wrong. We've got to be smart. The second thing, we've got to be positive. Being made in God's image means that we can see ourselves in a positive light. Quit looking in the mirror and picking out all your imperfections and start praising God for what he's given you. Don't tell God all the things you can't do, but ask God to show you the things you can do. Because you bear the image of God. And be compassionate. If you are, if you believe that you are made in the image of God and you believe that everybody else is made, In the image of God, that means that you must look at others and not look at them as better than, or you as better than them. We must simply reflect God's image. We also see that God provides for his image bearers. God provides for his image bearers. So it says in verse 27 through 30, So God created human beings in his own image, and the image of God he created them, male and female. Then God blessed them, said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals that scurry along on the ground. Then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And this is what happens. Being in his own image means that God created, being created in God's image helps you to know him, to love him, and to worship him in a personal relationship. We see here that God created male and female. One is not greater than the other. One has just as much value in God's eyes as the other. Both are created by God. Both are created to love God and to love one another. And neither male or female is anything less than God's greatest work. Of all the things he created, he said, this is good. But this male and female thing, this is very good. (coughs) You are God's masterpiece. And when we start thinking selfishly, we break down our God-given value. When we start being critical or selfish or crude or lustful, God blesses and gives gives us purpose to reign over his creation. Now, I don't know what y'all think about this, but if you read that passage I just shared with you, God has ultimate rule over the earth, yet through, through his love, he has delegated us to reign over the earth, to be stewards of this earth. Do you remember a time in your life when you went from being a dependent child to actually being a good help around the house? I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were so proud because their son finally went from riding the lawnmower with them to actually doing the lawn. I'm sure they love that because they don't have to do the lawn anymore. Just throw a few bucks at them and say, thank you, now this is your thing. Do you think God's the same way where we depend on him, depend on him, depend on him, and then finally 
we start going out on faith and doing what he's asked us to do. Because we bear his image. You see, God expects his creation to take responsibility for all that he created. That also means don't be a litter bug. That also means worry about the effects on the ozone. You're like, oh, preacher, oh, come on. What do you want to do, go hug a tree? You don't have to hug a tree, but you need to be good stewards of this earth. You can't be a good steward of this earth and drive a car that smokes more than a factory does and throw trash on the ground when you're driving down the road with a Jesus bumper sticker or a Christian shirt and not care about what goes on in this world. God has given us the ability to reign over this created world. Yes, the Bible says that you and I must take care of the world that he has created for us. And finally, we see as an image bearer, your value is found in God. Quit trying to find your value in your career. Quit trying to find your value in your spouse or your family or your place in life or your bank account. Those things may have value, but your true value is found in the fact that you were created by God. Genesis 1.31 says, Then God looked over all he had made and he said, It was very good. Folks, God doesn't make junk. The world we live in tries its best to devalue God. If you want to know what it means to be devalued, just be like these students that are here today and walk through middle school one day. I, the, the part I hated the most about going to school was walking through the hall and wondering who was saying what. And when you're that age, you think everybody's talking about you. And the truth of it is, they probably are. Because they want to talk about you before somebody talks about you. But the truth is, is that your value is not dependent upon what group you eat lunch with at one table. Your value is not dependent on what committee you are at your job. Your value is not dependent on what your bank account says. Your value is in the fact that you are created by God. My friend, you could lose everything in a minute, but yet your value would still be pure because you are created in the image of God. Satan wants you to forget that, and he wants to take you down. Why do you think the devil works so hard to take you down? Because you are God's prized possession. And if he can take you down, it's a way that he can get back at God. That's why he's targeting you. It's not fair. It's not fun. Satan will target you. He will target your bank account. He will target your relationships. He will target your marriage. He will target your job. He will target your self-esteem. He will target your thinking on the inside. He'll target your emotions. He will do whatever he can. There is no rules to him. He will do whatever he can to make you forget that you are valued by God. You think about these poor people that are on our streets walking up and down that are addicted to so many different types of of drugs and other things. You can't help but feel sorry for them because they have been attacked and they have forgotten their value that God has given them. Let us not be the ones that forget it as well. Did you know that on November 15th of 2017, There was a masterpiece painting by Leonardo da Vinci. 
called Salvatore Mundi. And they sold it at auction in 2017 for $450 million. A painting. An original and original Leonardo da Vinci. The work of one man's hand holding that much value blows my mind. It blows my mind. The fact that even you can hear about musicians that make songs. You know, who knows? You're going to hate me for saying this, but maybe Billy Ray Cyrus made a killing on Aki Breaky Heart. And now you don't like me because you're going to be thinking about that song all day. You're welcome. But a true Leonardo da Vinci painting painted by the master is pretty amazing. But my friend, go with me here for a minute. I promise I'm going to get you to the pot roast here in a minute. You are God's masterpiece. His hands formed you while you were in your mother's womb. Psalm says that. that while you were in your mother's womb, the innermost part of her, you were being formed by his hand. And your value is priceless because you've had the master's hands on you. You are created in God's image. God made you for a reason. No one can put a price tag on you because you were valued by God. You are part of his creation. He is pleased with you and he made you. So whether you feel valuable today or not, I don't know. But I'm sure that in this room there is somebody that walked in here today feeling a little less than what they felt the other day. I'm telling you, your value is not found in your circumstances. Your value is not found in your place in life. Your value is found in the hands that created you. So no matter where you are in life, in your relationship with God, I want you to know that you are His image bearer. From the highest of ivory towers to the lowest of prison cells, that all humans are made in God's image. And because you and I are made in God's image, he cares about each one of us. Did you know in Isaiah 49 it says that we are engraved on the palms of God's hands? He created you to love you and for you to know that you need him. God loves you and wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants your life to bear his image. So my prayer is, is at the end of this message, may others see God through you by the way you live. When you go through and you see the statue, you see the, the, the man downtown that is still looking up at the clock tower. How long has he been looking up at that clock tower? Forever. But he's a statue representing, I believe it's Thomas Edison, isn't it? It's who? Mr. Whitner. See, I learned something today. Thank you. He's still looking. And it's supposed to evoke the, the fact that we live in Electric City. His statue reminds us of that. But my friend, you are to remind those you come into contact with that you are an image bearer of God. Your value is not found in what you have or what you can do but in the fact that you are created by God. So if you are here today 
and you just want to pray at the altar or pray with me, you're struggling with your value or you've got something the Lord has laid on your heart, or maybe you want to become a Christian today, I'm going to just leave the, the invitation open. You come as the song is sung, and we will pray with you this morning. Would you please stand?